This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, uh, and welcome to the Football Friday podcast, which comes you uh, your way on Wednesday this week because. Uh, in deference to the Thanksgiving holiday, the big uh, trio of games that will come your way tomorrow and lead us into the uh, Week 12 weekend. We're on the Bet Rivers Network, as always, and for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut, so whatever you need, just go to their uh, app uh, and you'll find everything you need for all your needs there and the program, of course, always on the Bet Rivers Network and wherever you can find your podcast. All right, this is the stretch drive now in the National Football League uh, and a couple of thoughts as we begin. Number one, we will most likely do something on Friday that will uh, update everything else going on in the league, update anything that needs to be updated for the weekend games, and also take a look at Ohio State, Michigan, among other things. Now, uh, they're going to, first of all, Honor John Madden on Thanksgiving, which is nice. Um, as anyone who knows my history and my uh, time on the air, you know that we had a very, very close relationship with John Madden. John Madden was a very big part of the Mike and the Mad Dog program over 20 years. He loved the program. Uh, more than loved the program, he embraced the program. He loved to come on. He gave us incredible access. He had very traditional appearances, and one of them was always the Wednesday Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, was always a traditional appearance for John, as was Friday at the Super Bowl, a traditional appearance for John. And he used to come on more than even once a month. It It was almost like every other week. Uh, he came on for many, many years. I mean, for countless years. He he liked to banter with us. He liked to talk football with us. Uh, so I would say if we interviewed Madden once, we interviewed him 250 times, maybe more. Okay, so he was a huge part of the Mike and the Mad Dog uh, program, huge part of the Mike and the Mad Dog success. So anything they do for him uh, is not enough for us as far as we're concerned, as far as Dog's concerned as far as I'm concerned. So uh, it's good to see because he is a part of the lore. And let's be honest, he started all this turkey stuff on Thanksgiving. You know, Madden always came up with goofy stuff. It's what he loved. And he came up with all that turkey stuff, turducken and all that other stuff and all the things he did. And, you know, Madden always made it into a scheme. And, and you know, he was great at making himself money too, you know, which he did with Madden, Madden football, you know, which is bigger. And his legacy is more that than even broadcasting because the game has become that big and was that big a source of income for him. Um, so he is a very, very big part 
of the history of this league, and he is a very big part of Thanksgiving. So I'm glad they did that. Number two, as you go down the stretch drive here, there's a little bit of a changing of the guard in the AFC. I think it's obvious that with Dallas's performance against Minnesota and with what San Francisco is doing, I think those teams are on a are on an ascent to the top of the NFC. Clearly, this is not going to be a Ram year. Clearly, this is not going to be a Packer year. Dallas just destroyed Minnesota, which has a lofty record. The Eagles are there to be dealt with, no question, and they should not be short-sighted. I mean, I, and they should not be slighted in any way. But I think Dallas, with their emergence, with their defense. Now, Parsons, I know, is banged up this week. He suffered a uh, freakish injury in the game last week, and he felt he had never suffered an injury like that before in his career. He was limited in practice. I don't know how much he's going to play on Thanksgiving. We'll see. Uh, He is very important. He's the most prominent player on defense in the NFL. Um, Their defense and their line play, obviously, uh, Dak has had a great run against the Giants. The Cowboys have had a great run, and it's a little bit of a collision course on Thanksgiving Day because the Cowboys have played badly on Thanksgiving a lot and recently, and the Giants have not beaten the Cowboys. So we'll see which one. And the Giants took it on the chin last week. They not only lost to the Lions at home and played really their first real stinker for the year, but they got a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries in key spots, secondary, offensive line, wide receiver. They are banged up, really banged up. And they are going to need, I mean, for them to win on Thanksgiving Day, it comes down to them having a great game in the running game. Dallas has been vulnerable to the run. They think they have started to move to patch things up. They did last week against Minnesota. Um, we'll see how they do against the Giants. As the Giants are going to come out and know the only chance they have to win this game is to run the football. They have no other chance to win the game. Uh, they have to run the ball great to have any chance. If the Giants don't have a 200 yards rushing, they don't win this game. Um... It starts with the Bills. So you got the Giants and in Dallas, you have Dallas and San Francisco making their move in the NFC. The Bills have been the darlings of the AFC, but I have been steadfast in that. I believe the Chiefs are still the team to beat. Right now, the Chiefs are clearly the team to beat. The Bills will play on Thanksgiving, have not been crisp, especially at quarterback. They've turned the ball over way too many times. They have let down in games. They have looked lousy in games. And let's be honest, it's been a while since the Bills have put forth a big performance. We'll see how they do against a uh, Lion team that has won three straight games. Now, Detroit's uh, home to the Bills for the second straight week. They played there because of the snow last week and won against Cleveland. They were down at half. They came back. They won the game. And wanted it going away, but still, it wasn't pretty. And they gave up two gimme touchdowns again late in the game. They've given up a million of those this year. So they're a vulnerable team to the spread because they, you know, they, they led up against the Browns last week. They wound up covering the spread only because the Browns went for two a time before that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have covered, and you would have got another backdoor cover against the Bills. The Bills have given up a backdoor cover to the Pats. I mean, to the Packers. They've given up a bunch of those. They've lost to the Jets. I mean, they did a lot of things recently that were not very Bills-like. So the Bills at Detroit with the Lions. Sky high off three straight wins, coming off a win against the Giants. Let's see what happens there as the Bills are clearly the better team. They're a very heavy favorite in Detroit, but don't be surprised if Detroit keeps the game close or comes back and gets a late cover. 
Giants and the Cowboys, as we know, we mentioned the Cowboys. All the Cowboys have struggled on uh, Thanksgiving recently. The Giants are all banged up. The line in this game is a lot more than it would have been a week ago. A week ago, it would have been under a touchdown. Now it's going towards 10. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to see the Giants beating the Cowboys in their, in their state right now. This is a big day for the Giants, big game for the Cowboys. And then the Pats and the Vikings. Vikings coming off an embarrassing effort at the hands of the Cowboys. Just embarrassing. Now the Pats come in at 6-4, and four, which is pretty good considering. And two recent wins against the Jets were a pretty good team. You know, the Pats sent Wilson to the bench. As you, don't, as you know by now, Wilson is going to the bench with the Jets, and White is starting this week against the Bears. And he goes to the bench because he did nothing against the Pats twice and lost both games. It's the only games he lost since he came back. He wasn't great in all the games that they won, but the games that killed him were the two Patriot games, especially last week when they couldn't move the ball an inch in the second half. And clearly, I think his comments got him to the bench. After the game, he not only had a brutal performance, he said the wrong things. This is a team right now with a defense that is playing at the top of the sport. He was asked, did he let the defense down? Instead of saying, yes, I let the defense down. The defense played great. I got to get more than that. He didn't say that. And the defense was ticked off. So now you worry about dividing the room and Sal is a defensive coach and he's worried about his defense basically being infuriated, which they clearly were by the quarterback's statements. They thought he lacked accountability. They thought he lacked maturity. Then he also started alibying about the wind. Well, the other kid played in the same wind and completed a lot of passes. All right, they were better designed, and Bill Belichick's the coach over there, and they had a better plan. But the bottom line is he still made plays, although his field goal kicker couldn't get the ball through the uprights. He still made plays when the Jets couldn't and the Jets quarterback couldn't. So the Jets quarterback goes to the bench. Mike White goes to the starter. As a matter of fact, Wilson isn't even dressing this week. We'll get to that in a second. So three big games on Thanksgiving. The Bills in Detroit, the Giants and the Cowboys, the Pats and the Vikings. All pretty interesting, all with some storylines. Moving to Sunday. The Bears and the Jets. We don't know yet, and this is a game I'll update on Friday for you, about what's going on with Fields. There's reports that his shoulder is a problem. There's reports that that was an overstatement about his uh, shoulder. You heard a report this week that is bizarre. He might start this week. He might be out for the season. What the heck is that? He might start this week. He might be out for the season. So clearly he has gotten roughed up when he has, they have been calling his number, you know, 12 to 14 times a game. And his shoulder's banged up. What that means this week, we'll wait and see. The Jets, of course, starting white, backed up by Falco, by Flacco, Backed up by Flacco, no Wilson. He's not dressing this week. And if you're Wilson, you're not happy with what Salah said. His career's not over here. Oh, really? Thanks. He, just, he basically invested a top of the draft picking him. Well, he'll play again this year. Oh, really? You can't count on that. What if White lights it up? What if Flacco comes in and lights it up? You're not playing him again unless they get hurt. 
He will play again this year. Uh-uh. Only if you're playing garbage time games. If you're playing for the playoffs, he will not play again this year in the regular season. It's White's job to keep or to lose, and the next guy in is going to be Flacco. It's not going to be. It's not going to be Wilson. Wilson is now third man on the totem pole. He's got a long way back now. And I think his comments, as much as everything else, and how he handled, it wasn't just the bad performance, it's how he handled the bad performance that put him on the bench. Because they had a worry about this now team, and it is a now team. With wide receivers being critical, with defensive players being critical, it was a team that clearly was going to be hurt. And the continuity and the culture there was going to be hurt if they went forward with that young quarterback right now. Bucks and the Browns. Browns find ways to lose. We know what's coming around the corner. We'll get into that in the weeks to come. The Bucks at five and five are in a soft division. They're up to five and five. They're getting a smidge healthier. They have the Browns, then they have the Saints, then they got a huge game at the Niners. And you know, I'm telling you, the Niners are going to surge here. Then they got the Bengals, the Cards, the Panthers, the Falcons. So they close Cards, Panthers, Falcons. They close with three wins. They're going to make the playoffs. The question is, how healthy are they going to be in the playoffs on the, on the wide, at the wide receiver spot? How healthy are they going to be on the offensive line? How healthy are they going to be on defense? Bengals and Titans, two teams with complete, absolutely, absolutely very, very strong playoff aspirations. Bengals at 6-4, and four, Titans at 7-3. Should be a very interesting game. Should be a good game. Should be a close game. And Tennessee with Vrabel does a great job of getting these games. Vrabel is in my mind the most underrated coach in the league. He continues to win year after year after year, no matter what he's presented with. Texans at the Dolphins. The Dolphins thinking playoffs, thinking big things, should have an uh, easy time with the Texans. Falcons and the uh, surging Washington Commanders, who are now 6-5 and five and winning and getting a little stronger on defense and winning and moving the ball and winning. And making themselves a playoff factor, as is everybody in the NFC East, as is everybody in the AFC East. Broncos and the Panthers. Donald starting. How about that? Donald back at uh, under center. The Broncos are a mess. Let's be honest. This is not what they signed up for. They signed Hackett, as I've told you a thousand times, because they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers at, quarter, at quarterback. That's why he's Aaron Rodgers' guy. He's not a good head coach. He's not ready to be a head coach. Then they wind up bringing in Russell Wilson, who was unhappy with how the offense was being run in Seattle. He wanted the offense to be wide open there. Pete Carroll says, that's not what we do. That's not who we are. So they got him out of there, and they've done well. They've been one of the real stories of the league with the Giants. And the Broncos are a mess. They cannot do anything with Russell Wilson for three or four years because the contract is a killer. The Panthers obviously going through an interim phase. 
they're thinking about next year. The Broncos are probably thinking about next year, and this year has been a mess. It really has. Ravens and the Jags. The Ravens are a legitimate threat in the AFC. They just have to get healthier. Jags, they're not that far away. They still have to learn. The second half of this year or the last seven games are for learning. That's what they're for. Chargers and the Cards. Cards, obviously, still without their quarterback and without other people. Chargers, they're not bad. They're not good. They can score. They can beat bad teams. They just not haven't lived up what they're supposed to live up to. Raiders and the Seahawks. Raiders should have won a lot more games. They're very dangerous. Seahawks, you wonder when they're going to come back to earth, when Seattle going to come back to earth. They have a little bit. Now let's see if they do. This is a pivotal game for Seattle. This is a pivotal game. They lose this game, they could really slide. They need this game against the Raiders. Rams, she might as well think about next year. The Chiefs are thinking about this year without any question. Uh, Stafford's most likely out. Tony, they were raving about Tony. How did they get him from the Giants? You heard all the things Kelsey was saying. Now he's hurt again. He got nothing last week. He's hurt again, hamstring again. This guy never stays on the field. That's why the Giants got rid of him. Giants were going to get a kill because the Chiefs were going to make that trade look really bad. Well, now again, he's hurt again. What else is new? But the Chiefs just keep rolling along. As long as they got Mahomes pitching to Kelsey, they can fill in the blanks everywhere else. Packers continue in prime time. They get the Eagles now. The Eagles pulled the game out last week that they easily could have lost to the Colts. They still only have one loss. That's the Sunday nighter. The Monday nighter is the Steelers and the Colts. The Colts would have been a better story if they had won last week. They didn't. They blew the lead and lost the game by one point to the Eagles. Now they get the Steelers. The Steelers are trying to build with Pickett and Pickens and just go through the motions and try to make some plays. And, hey, they're a threat. They can beat somebody. They can also lose to anybody. That's who they are right now, and they're going to they're on their way to a losing season under Tomlin. I mean, they're not going to have a winning record this year. That's not going to happen. Not with this team. Not with the things that are going on with that team right now. So as we said, we will update you on Friday. We'll do something and get it up Friday that will preview all the rest of the stuff so we can update what's going on with key injuries, what's going on with guys like Fields, what's going on with this questions about key players and injuries and everything else. So we'll update the NFL on Friday. We'll also get into what is a classic, classic matchup on Saturday. Okay, this has been a weird year in college football because a couple of the teams that you expect so much from, including Alabama, aren't there. Alabama is out of it and out of it for a while. Georgia's unbeaten. Georgia's going to go into the Final Four unbeaten. You know, they're going to win the SEC game after they beat Georgia Tech where they were a 30-point favorite against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's played better lately, but they're not ready to beat Georgia. It looks like it's going to be Georgia, the Ohio State-Michigan Winner, they're both undefeated. They play Saturday in Ohio State. They, then you have TCU still undefeated. You have USC. 
those are the most likely four teams to play in it. And that would give you most likely a Georgia-Ohio State championship game. If Ohio State, which is favored to beat Michigan, which is a little banged up. Okay, I'm looking forward to that game. I always look forward to it. It's the best game in college football. It's the best rivalry in college sports. To me, that there's nothing like Ohio State-Michigan. Nothing. Army-Navy's great. It just doesn't have the national significance. I love Army-Navy. I would never miss Army-Navy. And I think the Army-Navy game is going to be a really good game this year because I think Navy's playing better now. So I think it's going to be a really competitive game. Uh, and I love it. It's a spectacle. I love it. I never miss it. But I never miss Ohio State-Michigan, and that game has national implications. This year, of course, they're both undefeated, which makes it even bigger. And obviously, the winner is going to be a heavy favorite in the Big Ten championship game and then will be the other team in the Final Four with Georgia. And Georgia right now has to be a heavy, heavy favorite. You know, people, a lot of people said, oh, Tennessee's going to come back. They only have one loss. They're going to run the table. Tennessee last week as a 22-point favorite at South Carolina gave up 63 points. 63 points as a 22-point favorite. That is insane. I mean, that is just crazy stuff. So Tennessee was not ready for that. The team in the country that's playing really well right now, but they're not going to get there, is LSU. You got to give them credit. They're playing really well. But it's most likely the four teams we talked about. And the other team right now that, you know, is the other team that's going to be in the mix for the whole thing and to play in the championship game is going to be the Ohio State-Michigan winner. And that comes your way Saturday at noon, as always, because, you know, they won't move their game for lights. They won't move their game to 8 o'clock at night. They will not do it. And I give them credit for that because the people, they want the tradition of that game. They want it played, you know, Saturday at noon, late November, okay? And this year, after Thanksgiving, great, great matchup. Great intensity. And having done Ohio State-Michigan at both places, I did the game at both places, it's much more raucous at Ohio State because Michigan is a much more upscale crowd is the way to say it. You know, it's cheese and wine at Ann Arbor. On High Street, it's, you know, anything goes. And they bought up High Street on Friday because it's going to get wrecked there it's a little raucous there so when the game is in ohio state and i'll tell you if you've never ever seen script ohio it is one of the remarkable things to see in a sold out stadium in front of a that kind of crowd for an ohio state michigan game to see script ohio done is really amazing uh, it's something people should be able to view once because it is a remarkable uh, feat of precision to see the band do script Ohio and then dot the I. And it, I mean, they go crazy. It, it is, it is really something special. It's, it's one of the real sports traditions that I wish everyone got a chance to experience. The other one is watching the cadets march into the stadium. 
which they do in, you know, rank and file. They do it and fill the rows with complete marching precision. It is, if you're up in the press box, you get ready to do the game and you're there hours before and you see them march into the stadium, it is, and it is remarkable what they do. That's another thing where you just say, how do they do this? I mean, they don't miss a beat with the precision of what they do. just shows you how much discipline and time they put into this stuff. It is remarkable. Those are the two things that you should really get a chance. I've seen both because I did a bunch of Army-Navy games too. And to see both of those is really something. Of the two, I'd say the more unusual is Script Ohio because the idea of watching that move and the precision and the way these guys are not in the military, they're band members, but they spend a lot of time on that. And that's a, you know, incredible tradition. It really is a remarkable tradition. So, you know, let's see what happens. It'll be fun to watch. So we'll see you again on Friday. Have a very, very happy uh, Thanksgiving, okay, to you and yours, a healthy and a happy, and maybe sometime over Thanksgiving. I think it's going to be at a lot of tables this year. You know, we got to really take, and I don't ever get preachy with this show. I really don't. I don't believe in that, but I'll tell you something. We got to figure out where we're going, where every night you turn on the news. And I like to watch the news. I try to watch the network news at 630 every night if I can. All right. If not, I'll try to watch one of the late night reports somewhere. So I just see what's going on in the world every night. Every day, there's another shooting somewhere. I mean, think about what's going on in the last couple of days. We had that horrific, horrific ordeal with the Virginia football team, and they canceled their game, and rightly so, against Virginia Tech, where an ex-player shot and killed three of the players, current players. Think about that. Then you had this gruesome four-person murder in Moscow, Idaho, where I've actually been. Okay, I've actually been there once. But they haven't even gotten, we haven't heard word one about what's going on with that. One of the more bizarre things we've seen to have four people killed by knife, three girls and a guy killed in that house where other people were sleeping, where other people were in the house, and have four gruesome murders off campus there in Moscow, Idaho. Turn around and you had two other shootings since then. The bar in Colorado, where all you had was people who were just trying to express themselves and have a good time. And then last night at a Walmart in Virginia, I turned the news on. I came in from a uh, award thing and turned on the news, and there's another one in a Walmart last night in Virginia. It seems like every day 
there's a mass shooting somewhere in this country. I mean, this can't go on. We, we, we have to be better than this. It's something we all need to sit down and examine. I mean, before, you know, how long is it before it knocks on, you know, somebody's door that we know? It's a scary, scary thought. Within a year, I'll have three kids in college. It's a scary, scary thought. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.